0: Hello and welcome to the Saturday Night Sopper Podcast. He is Chris Marlar. I am Cameron Guerra. Marler, don't you know it. This is, okay, so this is unbelievable. We've made the joke in the past about how it feels like whenever we finish recording something big happens and we're like, oh. of course. So today, in the first version of this podcast that we recorded, it was based on what? has done with its conference schedule and coming out with a 10-game conference schedule that is going to be it was left up to the sec what was going to happen if there was going to be a plus one but the non-conference games had to be played by teams within the state for non-conference play right so we finished recording that podcast i think it was 358 felt good gave a
1: good message of hope and
0: inspiration to georgia and florida fans at the end of it it was beautiful had like 40 minutes of good conversation, breaking down pros and cons, yeah. you know, what the SEC could do, all that stuff. And then at 412, roughly less than 15 minutes after we finish recording, see Ross Dellinger reports that the SEC is going to a 10-game conference-only schedule in 2020. No non-conference games. All the all the traditional non-conference rivalries are not happening this year. We're not going to get LSU-Texas. We're not going to get Tennessee-Oklahoma. Ten games, all SEC. Season starting on September 26th. We're going to have conference championship for the SEC that's being played December 19th. Welcome to the new age of college football in 2020. You just quote Imagine Dragons? Oh God. Welcome to the new. Oh newest. God. Oh. Um,
1: Ugh, I yeah, that. I mean, like the last the last time I was like in a better mood. I felt like, you know, it was like a nice little fun uplifting uh I don't I don't want to say segment, but like yeah, entire forty minutes. But now I feel like remember that scene in Heavyweights where Nick yes. Cage or not Nick Cage, wow, Ben Stiller is like uh in the fake little jail they made and he was like, Nicholas, <laughs> I'm a beaten man. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> um so yeah, I just uh I'm excited. This should be great. Um, and like as much as we know now, we still don't know. Right. We so don't. So that'll be know. fun. So the speculation has been hilariously rampant, I'll say. Yes. Um, mainly from and this is something we talked about like on the first episode or that you will never hear yeah. is uh is that the speculation especially from teams in the East has been very funny to watch because because there was the the assumption and the rumor and then Feinbaum said it and now has walked walked it back and said he was just speculating that people thought it was they're going to take the 2020 uh 1 and 2020 no 2021 and 2022 uh cross divisional games. so like for instance uh Florida was going to get Bama and A&M and Georgia was going to get uh Mississippi State and Arkansas yeah. which if you've watched football ever that's pretty <laughs> pretty different for those two teams. Um, we don't know if that's happening. And that, I, and I however, would, it's
0: been reported yeah. that that's not going to be the case. Right. Right. Ross Dellinger reported that he had originally been, uh, as you said, he was spitballing about the two additional games added to the schedule because, obviously, you got to have those conference games come from mm-hmm. somewhere, and how, how are we going to figure out what those games are? And he was spitballing that that could be a potential model. That, however, he is reporting is not going to happen. There was... Right some resistance of course from the ADs i can't imagine who would have some problems with that if Stock, if scott strickland didn't raise his voice when that subject was oh brought up oh my god yeah i would bet the farm on that um, yeah. and understandably so because it wasn't going to be equal across the board now no. what's what's also being reported as of right now is that the sec is going to keep its divisions Unlike what the ACC did, it will keep its divisions. It's figuring out how these two games are going to be added, and there's Ross reported as well that it's going to be based on strength of schedule. And right. if you're looking for a somewhat Would you subjective love preseason play, strength of schedule, <laughs> I don't like it for projecting how good a team should be to start the year. Yeah. But you know that's a different discussion for a different time. So here's the, here's what we know as of right now. This is a year unlike any other. <laughs> the schedule that we came to know—if you were an A&M fan, fingers crossed for this favorable schedule—that could yeah. be all up in smoke for all we know. This this entire model is based. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, weird thought to think about it, you know, and that's another reason why you shouldn't just be ranking AM number six in the country because right. you think they have a favorable schedule, Phil Steele. Well, they returned sixteen starters or something like that, something crazy. Uh, yeah, but seven minutes and forty two seconds of three hundred minutes fair. against top fifteen <laughs> teams that they led. Yeah, whatever. Um, so at this point, this is the SEC in a way. Call it what you want. The SEC reacted to what the ACC did. Yeah. Point blank. There's no other way around it to say, look, we found this out about the ACC on Wednesday. On Thursday, the SEC came out and announced this. It didn't. The SEC didn't have to react to what the Big Ten was doing because obviously right. they didn't have any non-conference games against Big Ten opponents. So the SEC makes this announcement that they are going to this 10-game model where we won't have non-conference games. And it's just everything that we have come to know and expect on a yearly basis, maybe yeah. with the exception of a few things, like it's being reported Florida and Georgia are still going to play in Jacksonville. And if yeah. we are still going to have divisions, then you're still going to see those division rivalries. We're still going to have Bama LSU. But so much about what we come to expect of the college football season is going to be different.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be real different. And there's going to be, man, I said this a couple weeks ago, that how you just hope that no matter what, there would be, like, people would just be happy for a season. They wouldn't complain about it, but... It, like, that's, that's already go, there. That's it's gone. There. Yes, I mean, which I totally get it. It's one of the great things about the sport and about fans and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, if that did happen, I'd be pissed if I was Florida too. I'd be very pissed, especially if my rival that I bark at every single... Like, no pun intended. Every <laughs> single day on social media would be, you know... W- like, would have an exact opposite schedule. And, and that being said, I don't know if we maybe that is the, the most fair way to do it. I mean, it's not for teams specifically like Florida. But, y- yeah, you're going to open yourself up to a lot of of conversation and criticism about why they chose this team for this one team and this opponent, like blah, blah, blah. i tell you what I keep thinking about, which is cracks me up is, all these fan bases are freaking out. Like, like I mean, not all these fan bases, but a lot of them are, are kind of already starting to point the finger and be like, well, this isn't fair. How come this team does this and all this kind of stuff? It's going to be 10 games against the toughest conference in the in the country. It's going to be hell either way. And it reminds me of, like, that James Franco meme of, like, the like first time. Like, I, I just keep mm-hmm. thinking of Vandy. You know what I mean? Of just, like, this is how Vandy feels every single year when they look at their schedule like, 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 <laughs> like what are well. we gonna do? Yeah. Can you? I mean, can you imagine
0: yeah. though being Derek Mason right now or Will Munch <laughs> no. champ? You're going <laughs> yeah, into this... a season where it looks like you're on the hot seat, and all of a sudden, you're, oh, you're like, oh crap, we're not gonna have those those cupcake games yeah. to be able to potentially get to six wins or something like that. And there are gonna be, it's inevitable in a year like this. There are gonna be a lot of programs that are gonna be lucky, lucky to get to three wins. And you know what? Yeah, I feel. T- imagine being right now. Imagine being Arkansas or Mizzou. This this is the most painful thing to think no. about for these and, and for these fan bases. Like, yeah. yeah, no, you don't want to imagine that. I know that. Yeah. But if you're Arkansas or Mizzou, you have a new head coach, and you have you're coming off of a of a year in which. You had, obviously, less time, you know, because of recruiting, all that stuff. And then the pandemic happens. And you have this spring where you're supposed to be able to evaluate your players and stuff. Like, these are two guys who have never coached Power 5 teams before. That's why I didn't put Kiffin and Leach into this category. Two guys who have never coached Power 5 teams before. And they're left pretty much without a spring. They're going to get this evaluation period before the start of the season. And they're going to be doing, you know, these extra walkthroughs and stuff like that. Yeah. All well and good. So all this happens... And then you get told, oh, you're not playing eight conference games. You're playing ten (laughs) conference games. That sucks. I feel bad for those teams. That's brutal.
1: I mean, it's definitely brutal. It, uh, you know, what scares me the most is, uh, and I've said this before. I was like, you know, and you've talked me down off this ledge a lot. But, like, I've never made any excuses. Like, I've tried to argue about the validity of Bama's scheduling as a Bama fan. I'm saying this strictly as a fan right here. Because I think it's overhyped and and blown out of proportion a lot of years, and, and they're not giving credit for some stuff. There's no way you can make that excuse or that argument for anybody. Not, at all. It's impossible well it at is. all this year. And I, and I, the reason I say this, but like. I think it's great to schedule these games. It's way more fun to watch all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the year, I just want my team playing in the national championship. Yeah. I don't care who how that goes or who they had to play to get there. Like if you, It's, it's like Clemson fans. You know what I mean? in the same way. It's like you can sit here and chirp with my ear all day about how you didn't play anybody. Mm-hmm. But if my team's in the natty, I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's you know kind of crappy from a competitive standpoint. But, but that's just honestly how I feel. Now, this year, what, what is scary to think about from that standpoint, you've got teams that have a real chance at, at, like, several teams. You obviously have Bama and Georgia, which I think probably have the best two chances of getting to the national championship just the way they're built and, and what we've heard for the most part around preseason magazines and all that kind of stuff. But then you have Florida. You have LSU as the defending national champion. You have Texas A&M with, again, all these hyped expectations. You have, you know, like, Kentucky's coming into a year where they have 16 returning starters. They, they are, like one of the best defenses, one of the best offensive lines in the conference, all these things. Tennessee, a lot of hype around that program. What scares me is if, if one of these teams, my team, whatever, gets to 7-0, 8-0, or they get to 8-1 and or something like that, and something with the pandemic happens,
0: mm. and you
1: and yeah. you have to miss a game, your offensive line, your quarterback, your your star running back, your receiver is out for a game because if something happens, that's what terrifies me about this season. Yeah. And it might... It hopefully doesn't happen because we don't want to see that happen to anybody, but it's just one of those extra variables that that will somehow possibly be a factor into this, this season that we've never seen before. We have
0: different perspectives on this, obviously. We have different perspectives yeah. as people who consume college football, even during yeah. a normal season. But in this mm-hmm. year especially, I realized that when this news was announced – there's, there's a positive spin to take for, at least for someone in my position, I understand that most people who are listening to this, obviously, mm-hmm. you you root for your specific team. I, you know, on, on the positive side of this, we're seeing 10 SEC games instead of eight. Yeah. I like that. That's all well and good. I also like the fact that I think this is going to create a, a competitiveness, and it's going to also prevent all of these other conferences. You hear it every single year at Big Ten Media Days, complaining about the SEC having an easier path to the playoff, which yeah. no team no team in a Power Five conference who has come from an eight-game conference schedule has missed the playoff. They've made it every right. single year. So uh, Every year. There's, there might be something to be said for that, considering that on the flip side, the nine game conference schedule has only produced a playoff team 50% of the time during the yeah. playoff era. But here's what I like about this. If the SEC in this weird year, which I think it's going to do, if the SEC puts a team in a playoff with all of these things, it takes, and if it puts the team in the playoff, puts the team in the national championship, and Derek Say wins a national championship, that argument's gone forever. It's gone forever, and nobody can ever say, that. oh, yeah, the SEC makes it easy on itself, blah, blah, blah. Whoever yeah. comes out of the SEC this year is going to look like a team that went through a gauntlet. And you can't sit here and tell me that in this year where we have even fewer data points that the selection right. committee is going to be like, yeah, you know what, the SEC winner, I don't know. I, I'm even talking myself right now into this reality where the SEC winner oh. could have two losses and he could still get in over a Pac-12 winner.
1: Without a doubt, what what are you like yeah. a one-loss what? Pac-12 winner compared right. to it, a two-loss
0: it, SEC? Without completely yeah. agree, if
1: that if like there are yes, I, I don't even know how if if Oregon goes ten and zero or something like that, sure or USC, I guess sure. But it's gotta be a it's gotta be a team ranked preseason in my opinion. It's gotta be a team that nobody if the pac, t- pac 12 there you go Pac-12 the Pac-12 Somebody runs the table and 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 just survives that quote unquote We're gonna question gauntlet. it all year. It's yeah. It, it doesn't that they are so far removed from from mattering into and like being a factor in into the uh, cultural ball playoff that I, I'm not worried about them at all. I, I think the the big questions I have here are are like the Big Ten and you say like the the has gone forever. One thing I've learned, especially from social media, is that that is not a real sentence because arguments will live. For the rest of our lives no matter how great things are so but but the stuff with the sec and the, and the big 10 especially and uh, you know we, we heard this from from uh adam kramer we heard it from from um sorry matt hayes about how you know the, the big 10 kind of tr- tried to force the hand of the sec because right. they're going to play conference only and all that kind of stuff and you could say it it's all well and good but the fact that like you consider at the end of the season in the same way i just said i don't care who you guys played if my team's in the national championship that's how SEC fans feel about the Big Ten. Like, I—if you have it, why? If it's—if it ain't broke, don't fix it. For one, okay, for the eight-game conference schedule, it's working for the SEC. We don't care how you do things in the Big Ten. Totally fine. But also, the Big Ten always bragging about having a nine-game conference schedule at the end of the season. It's like, I don't know. It's like it's like a kid who is in remedial classes and gets a 4.0, bragging to somebody who, like an AP student who got a 3.0. Like, yeah, like so what? Who are you playing? What kind of test are you taking? you trying to pronounce your R's or something like that? That's basically what a Northwestern game in October is.
0: The SEC is going to benefit from a lot of preseason momentum. And yeah. it's, it's not just – the thing, too, to remember is that it's not even just one division. There is a legitimate chance that you see eight teams from the SEC ranked to start the year. That sounds like an SEC home or take. Yeah. That eight-team – SEC top twenty-five is dependent on Kentucky getting there because. Are you talking about Phil Still magazine? Because mine was stolen out of the mail this week. I feel really bad that that happened. That sucks. It's unreal. That's unreal. <laughs> that's the worst 2020. year ever. It's twenty twenty. I think though that that's going to benefit the SEC, and mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out who the best team is in a conference that, if you're not if you're not getting exposed in non-conference play, what's going to push you in that opposite direction to be like, oh yeah, the SEC, even if they're beating up on each other. It's still going to favor the conference that's won 10 of the last 14 national championships. It just yep. is. And that's Yeah, I, I agree. With and that. that's a subconscious thing, whether or not and that might still frustrate people. But the reality of having everybody have this 10 game conference schedule is that it sort of allows us to get back to the place where it's like, look, we can just watch these teams on a weekly basis yeah. and try and understand. You know, not necessarily get hyped up about cupcake week or anything like that. Yeah. And it's all kind of stripped down. And I like the fact that this year we're talking about, you know, we've talked about it before. If an SEC team can kind of just get get lucky, we would have been talking about that with AM this year. This year, we're going to see SEC teams play 10 of the 13 teams possible in the conference. That's a good thing. That's a good thing
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be so much fun for the fan I think in the grand scheme of things. it I'm not and I'm not trying to like downplay this at all or, or try to be debbie downer. I there's gonna be a, something that factors into this season and you can and honestly it's the same with any sport in any league NBA, major league baseball, any kind of stuff. this is gonna be a season where we're gonna look back at like 10 years from now, 20 years from now bama fans 70 years from now where there will be some level of excuses made and you you will think like at some point in the season i wonder what could have happened if this didn't happen you yeah. know what i mean just because there, there are we've never seen anything like this it, it's it's just it's unprecedented and all that kind of stuff I, i'm excited I, i'm just i'm excited for football season i'm, I'm telling you right now and i, I don't want to get uh you know out here too early and, and make bold predictions all that kind of stuff but i will the way this whole year has been, the way the season's setting up, I, I mean, Auburn's going to lose to a team like South Carolina and then win the national championship. This is how this is how the season will go. Or Vandy.
0: That's not the craziest thing I've heard. <laughs> I, no, but it is going to be fun, though. It is going to be a fun season. Just
1: 10 SEC games?
0: <laughs> the other thing that um, is sort of lost in the shuffle when you, when you make a, a big unprecedented announcement like yeah. that is the fact that the, the SEC's not starting until September 26th.
1: That I don't like. So I I, I liked Barrett Salee's comment about this today on Finebomb. I don't know if you saw it when he said, like, I don't understand why you're pushing the start date back. Because I, I, I don't want to, again, sound negative. Southerners have just proven that there's no chance that they're going to take this thing seriously completely as a whole and really flatten this curve at any point. So if we start now and there's more time for, for – you know, by weeks you can implement, I would, I would rather like have that model, but go ahead.
0: What I think it's allowing the SEC to do is to observe, is to observe how these other Power 5 conferences are mm-hmm. going to go about this and be able to react in the best way possible so that they don't all of a sudden find themselves on their heels and, and, and trying to come up with something. The whole reason that sports shut down back in March was because we're like, crap, we don't have plans for any of this stuff. Nobody's right. prepared for this at all. We thought we'd be able to do this with just having no fans, and then we realized, oh, we can't do that either. We don't have testing protocols in place. So by virtue of being the last conference to start, <laughs> yeah, that sort of allows the SEC to look around, as Greg Sankey has maintained he wants to be able to do, to look at the pro leagues. What are they doing here? What are mm-hmm. they doing there? While the college model is still different, we're, we're looking at a situation where the Big 12 with Oklahoma and Missouri state is scheduled to play August 28th. That's four yeah. weeks earlier than when the sec is supposed to start. This is going to be weird on a variety of levels. The ACC is supposed to be starting the week after labor day. So that's, so
1: that's what I was just trying to look up to make sure. Cause I was like, isn't the ACC starting like a month prior uh, so we that we start. are having cupcake week. Then we are having cupcake week when the <laughs> ACC starts. That's good to know. Cause I want to make sure we still have that. Um, yeah, so that part is interesting because I tell you what, and I, I will I will let the fan come out of me r- again right now. Let it out. If, if effing SEC, if some team from the SEC, and especially if it's my team, goes 9-1, and 10-0, or whatever, gets into a national championship game, and you've got Clemson sitting here with like a 60-day or a 40-day break to prepare because their season's over earlier, I'm going to lose my effing mind. But that, that is just me overreacting to things.
0: Here's the other thing too, like the Rose Bowl is scheduled for January 1st, and the SEC Championship right. is December 18th. Yeah. For all those who hate 19th. that uh, 19th, for all those who hate that uh, that big layoff, yeah, it it doesn't look like it's going to be there. Now I even you know talk, the bowl week is done. Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that it's that's done. I'm saying that it's it's yeah. going to be adjusted. I talked to Gary Stokin yeah. last week about this, and by the way. One of the, the, the byproducts of this that, that's just kind of a bummer is yeah, the fact that, that sucks. our guy, Gary Sokan was supposed to host three games this year for the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Talk about the, um, the economic impact, $100 million economic impact in the city of Atlanta. And that's not going to happen this year with these no-non-conference schedules and that's a bummer because they were really looking forward to being able to have three games this year in Atlanta. It would have been really cool to see that. But one of the things that, that I wanted to talk to him we about... Would have,
1: I mean, like, yeah, we would have been in the press box. We got had, had so many effing Chick-fil-A
0: sandwiches. At least six. So. Over under seven <laughs> and a half. For each game. Yeah, <laughs> for each game. But one of the things that, that he mentioned was, look, the bowl games, they're going to be very flexible. They, they are at the mercy of what these leagues are going to do, yeah. And if they need to push stuff back, yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll be flexible and they'll, they're 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 going to be willing to to work with that and not just be like, hey, we have to have this game played on December twenty second, and if we don't, yeah. it voids the contract. Like, everybody... don't don't even
1: hear about December twenty seventh. You ain't welcome in Shreveport. Yeah, you're not going to hear any <laughs> of that. Like, I, like I I agree with that maybe more so than anything because it's it's like what you just said about Atlanta. Atlanta is going to be fine in the grand scheme of things. Without a hundred, hundred million dollar, yeah, hundred million dollar. I mean, Atlanta will survive that. It'll suck. It's awful. I mean, and that's. I mean, just it's. it's, I love that part. That part of year and the time in the city and how exciting it is. All this different stuff. Anyway, but like, Atlanta will be fine. Places like Shreveport, places like. I mean, I mean, Memphis will still be fine. But like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like these smaller areas. Um, especially for bowl games that really depend on a lot of that money that they will, they will have to figure out a way to, to try and, you know, save anything they can by the end of the year. I yeah.
0: Think. They, they want to make these things happen you know, yeah. the, the college bowl association, they have been very adamant about being mm-hmm. willing to even have bowl games in the spring. If, if that's yeah. what needs to happen. And I don't necessarily think we're going down that road per, yeah. per se, but that's that's something just to, to keep in mind and I wouldn't I, say like you know an entire week of bowl games are just going to be wiped out cuz yeah. of the later regular season.
1: I hope, I hope they do that cuz that'll feel like a, like a an alarm I set in my phone when I was drunk or something like that and it's just like all of a sudden like in March it's like oh we got the pool and weed eater bowl like that's okay. <laughs> that's that's
0: good. I knew that. <laughs> no, we will take that. We'll take that all day. This is uh this is strange. This is strange. I still don't fully know how to process all of this, I think win yep. percentage is going to become a really big thing. You know what's going to be annoying is, so you know how we're like, hey, uh, you know, for example, a program like LSU. LSU has had mm-hmm. nothing but eight win seasons in the 21st century.
1: Oh, that sucks. This, that, well, uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves because I don't want to piss off any LSU fans. That does suck. It's going to make if, everything if all awkward. And then, you know, because
0: yeah. we, we like to be able to talk about streaks and, Right. The whole oh, this team's won X. Oh my amount god! Of games. Every graphic
1: I'm gonna make is gonna have to have an asterisk in it with something in the bottom or asterisk. I can't say that word. I guess it's a tough word. Uh, a tough word. Yeah. Why did I? Do? I've never messed that word up in my life. What just happened? Asterisk. Ast- asteroid. Asteroid. <laughs> asteroid. Yeah. That is that. That does suck. I just um, I don't know, I man. It, it's gonna be really interesting too, because you're gonna see stuff where, obviously, the rivalry games are gonna matter. You know, a little bit more? Yeah. But these end-of-the-year things, like, like South Carolina, you know, it's just weird for teams like, like Ban plays the Iron Bowl at the end of the season. If, if you're a team like Georgia, and I, I'm trying to – let me look at their schedule real quick what they have set up. Um, maybe a better example is Florida. So, like, Florida, right now, their last SEC game would be against Missouri. Yeah. If, Georgia's last SEC game would be against Kentucky
0: which I and that, I don't that, know how realistic that is given what, what still needs to yeah. be added to the schedule so that's all tentatively speaking of course
1: Def- definitely but it would just be such a weird feeling to the end of the season where it's like oh man like the big finale of these rivalry games and if they're if you're just you know if they're just not there there's just a weird you know unfinished feeling to it you know what it's kind of like
0: 2001. Different set of circumstances here. Florida State-Tennessee, the It Just meant More game that we did. Florida-Tennessee, yeah. Yeah, where Florida-Tennessee's played in the first weekend of December. It's like, mm-hmm. whoa, this is weird. And it was, of course, Spurrier's yeah. last game in the Swamp as Florida's head coach. But there's going to be a lot of moments, I think, this year that sort of feel like that. And that'll be weirder for you than it will be for me, probably, and yeah. for a lot of people listening. But just embrace the weird, I guess is the only thing I can really say. Yeah, Bill at this Walton, point. this
1: whole thing. I think, you know what I'm, I, I was thinking about this. Don't, today do, mushrooms, when I was driving. don't do mushrooms. Don't do yeah, mushrooms. Don't do mushrooms. Um, there's so many other safer drugs guys. Uh, I'm kidding. So there's uh this I was thinking about this today when I was driving this, um, this whole situation with like how the season's going to happen. I need, I need an sec shorts sketch of, of sec fans inside their brain. Just, just going through the file cabinets of pre, existing like excuses that they've already got and just a Rolodex of things to say for why their team ends up going like seven and three or five and five or whatever. Cause it's, I mean, it's, there's just, this is going to be a mess, but it's, you know, not to quote, to quote Rascal flats, but it's gonna be a beautiful mess. Is that Rascal flats or is that diamond Rio?
0: Oh, uh, it is Rascal
1: flats. It is Rascal flats. You're right on that. No, you're right on that. Well, I think you are. Okay, I'm pretty I'll sure. check. I'm pretty sure. But I mean, yeah. Either way, like I, I'm, I'm just excited we're gonna have a football season on.
0: Like, hopefully, if this all gets wiped
1: away, I would be really pissed because we recorded the two podcasts just <laughs> <in this topic>. <laughs> Seriously,
0: <laughs> I'm excited for playoff arguments that are going to be all over the place throughout the year. They're going to be all over the place. It's going to be great.
1: So the like the Pac-12 really, though, like, real. Just speaking to that, like the there's no way the ACC getting two teams in there's no like you could you could pretty much mark down right now in my opinion you're gonna have sec for sure get one yeah right um maybe the big 10 i i could easily see the pack 12 unless Oregon goes undefeated it's done uh, it's just, like the whole the whole cop like you might as well just have Oregon and usc play each other best of best of i don't know like best of five or best of seven, whatever that can be your whole season. And you play the big 12 champion. And then whoever wins that, <laughs> excuse my language, you get to get in the playoff. But the rest of us, like the big boys will be playing over here for the rest of the season.
0: Pac-12 is going to get treated like a group of five conferences here. I, that's, yeah, that's what it's going to feel as like. They should. It's going to be like run the table and look really, really good doing so. Yeah. Because when you have, won, you as a conference have won a playoff game and right. you haven't been to a playoff since 2016, Washington, uh, yeah, yeah, that's not great, man. Like, that's not great. That's no. not exactly going to help you win over the selection committee. Now, right. who knows if this year is going to happen in this current format? If we're not going to have games canceled, all those different things. This is so fluid. We're, we could be talking about different scheduling things in two weeks from now. It doesn't feel like anything is really set in stone. Yeah, this at least feels more like a plan than mm-hmm. anything that we have seen so far, because it took a month. It took a month yeah. for the SEC to, to respond to what was a very surprising announcement from the Big Ten, something that sent sort of shockwaves through the entire college football community. Yeah. And it wasn't to say that, oh, well, this is the first time we realized that this is different, but a conference going rogue like that, now the SEC yeah. at least is able to sort of rally behind this and understand what this year is going to look like, what needs to happen if if there's buy there's going to be bye weeks that are put in there there's going to be a mm-hmm. bye week before the SEC championship there's going to be a mid season bye week as well it's it's wild it's wild um, yeah it's gonna be, I mean it,
1: it'll be fun but it, like but at least there's a plan like you said that makes you feel a lot better than any other part that we've we've seen in in I don't know recent memory at least but uh, and and what's his name is uh, Sankey's on here right now. Um, talking about the the schedule but yeah i mean like i i'm excited for that at least and and i'm glad there's there's something in place and you know what at the end of the year at the end end of the the day i guess right now if you don't start wearing some effing masks uncle chris is going to come to your house and put it on you physically um and you know and outside of that like at least we get football that's that's the real important thing just
0: give us football give us Give us campuses figuring out the the best possible way to to do this in a way that's not yeah. putting you know people in harm's way or anything like that. So, um, yeah. I want to get some pizza. That was good. Ooh. Oh,
1: you know what? I'll say that the nice. W- Actually, no, I won't. I, you know the nice messages from before. Now you're just getting bad cop, bad cops like that scene from the other guys. Oh, you want to talk to me?
0: I was gonna watch that movie a few weeks ago and then I stopped about 10 minutes in and do something else and i just remembered now that Have I you never watched cons- it? No, I've seen it before. I've seen it before. But I haven't okay. seen it in 10 years. And you don't want to yeah. when you haven't seen a comedy for a long time, you should definitely re-watch it at a different yeah. phase of your life to decide if it's <laughs> yeah. funny. That's one of those movies.
1: It was like there's just so many little parts of that movie that are so great when he like and he's like, Oh, I always get Little River Band on. That that, that scene in the very beginning when he's talking about uh what do you call it? The, the tuna, and he's like, now you've, you've tried to bring a, a male lion, a grown male lion, walking into our waters, 800-pound tuna fish? I don't think so. You lose that. You lose that every day, nine times out of ten. It's fantastic.
0: If we have to start reviewing movies on here instead of talking about college football. We're not going to grant anything. Speaking grit. of,
1: I'll throw this out there. Uh, I'll post about it on Facebook tomorrow, but I'm going to do a comedy thing tomorrow. It's a Zoom comedy show, which I cannot tell you how un- like, just the lack of excitement for me hearing that is unparalleled. However, it is going to be fun because it's a roast. This means I get to make fun of stuff and it's over Twilight. So I got to go watch Twilight tonight, but join us on Facebook tomorrow and I make fun of vampires and stuff.
0: That's going to be great. So by tomorrow, you mean Friday, correct?
1: Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So come join us on Friday. Pastor Patty Sue will be in the house because she loves those movies for some reason. It's really weird. It's Pastor exciting. Patty Sue doing well? Yeah, she's doing great. I appreciate everyone that asked. She's uh she's back to normal. She's making her videos again. Good. She actually, I should have, this is pretty cool. She got nominated for Bishop. Um, which is like one step below. Like Pastor Patty Sue was on her way to becoming like Pope Patty Sue, I think, pretty soon, which is pretty cool. Um, wow. But she did not win the election. She was. Uh, I mean, honestly, I was shocked that a female pastor in the state of South Carolina did not win that election. But it's a, uh, it's it was cool that she was nominated. So,
0: we like hearing good news though about Pastor right. Patty Sue. Very very yes, good to hear that. Our plans changed a little bit this week. We had originally planned on coming out with it. It just meant more. We have. It has not been uh, our best week for technology. We'll just say that. So the plan is for that to come out next week. We're still going to have more content next week moving forward, but we will be going to two podcasts a week starting, well, I guess this past week was the first of that, and this week is still also just two podcasts as well. But... Fortunately for us, we were able to catch up with our good buddy, Jay Woody, and we were able yeah. to record Stump Marlar, and I'll be honest, it got a little bit interesting <laughs> at the end, um, but nonetheless, we had the return of Stump Marler. We did it. So, let's go to that. The people wanted it, and now they have it. The long-awaited return of Stump Marler is here. We have Yay. our buddy,
2: Jay Woody, in the house. Jay Woody, how goes it, sir? Going pretty good, man you uh you guys got me during lunch today so i'm showing dedication because a fat man put down his street taco and uh came out here and talked to you guys and also this is my first time with an audience because my wife and my daughter are looking at me while i'm doing this so no nerves at all Ooh,
0: no pressure put put them on they're they seem a lot
2: more fun than you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm just I tell kidding. everybody if you know my wife you know the better half of our marriage I can promise you
1: I see her in some of the memes you post and it cracks, she cracks me up man she's, she's funny
0: <laughs> well the goal today is to be able to try and capitalize on Marler's rust I think that's what we're going to try and do Marler did not exactly exude confidence this week I'll leave it at that so I'm I
2: just—it's not me.
1: It's whatever BS recording system we have set up at my house, and I, that is all I'll say. I am very confident in my knowledge of SEC football. Let's go. You guys want to start talking <laughs> already? Let's let's do this. I'm fired up now.
2: <laughs> beep beep that will beep that will. Yep.
0: All right. Let's start. Number 1 here. This is from John Deekman and I had to revise the answer to this question. So, if John, if you're if you're listening, which I know you are, I apologize. I had to tweak one little thing here. In the 2019 season, only two SEC starting running backs who are coming back did not record a receiving touchdown. Who are those players? Oh. So they have to guys be are a returning about this starting off running
1: air. Back. uh yes. You guys are talking about this off air, so now that that okay, so I know it's not Booby Whitlow then. Um,
0: that is the one that I got rid of, just because I think the way the question was phrased was a little bit confusing in that regard. So we're just going to include the returning running backs. Booby Whitlow is obviously in the transfer portal, so there are two guys who are coming back. They were starting running backs last year, did not have a receiving touchdown. So Najee didn't have one going into last season.
1: Uh, and then had like a thousand last year. Um, I think he had eight or something like that. Just so I can get my my little Bama stuff in. Um, Larry Roundtree is definitely one of them. Who the other one be? I don't know if this is right. I don't know if this is this is this answer is correct. Cause I I think I have two in mind after looking up stats. I think. I'm I'm like 98% confident Isaiah Spiller did not have a receiving TD last year, but I don't think he is in this like the category you guys are saying. I think the other one is uh, – who was it? I looked this up like three weeks ago with the running backs.
0: Rakeem Boyd. Okay, so I'm going to give you a correct on that because you named the two that were supposed to be named here, and you actually included Larry Rountree, who did not have a receiving touchdown last year, although – in, in John's defense, that's a little bit murky because he and Tyler Beatty were in yeah. a, bit of a split role, well, so Mizzou's kind of tough.
1: Can someone look up the Isaiah Spiller thing? Because I'm pretty sure Mon didn't have a, a, a touchdown pass to running backs. And yes, no, you are t- correct. T- as, okay, because Spiller, Spiller doesn't. Which How do you not throw a touchdown to a running back? I don't get that. Like Austin
0: Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher offense. We'll we'll just drop it to that. Um, but I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you correct for that because you you worked your way through that and Spiller and Boyd were the main. What do you, mean, what do you mean you're gonna give
1: me correct for that? Like it's like you're, it's a gift. I got old <laughs> and, and extra ones and correct. What them. are you talking about right now?
0: All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, we're gonna go number two from our guy Mickey Sheramy. He wants to know Vanderbilt does not have a winning record against any SEC opponents. However, they are tied <laughs> with one SEC school. Name tied. that school. Yes, they're tied with is amazing. With school. Amazing timing because I literally
1: just got done doing a deep dive on all the stuff with, with coaching records and with teams. stuff like that. The team stuff should be coming out next week and their longest wins. So, uh, fun fact, did you know that Vanderbilt has more all-time wins against Alabama than, uh, than Mississippi State does?
0: Doesn't sound That's, like an answer to my I, question. I'm just letting you fun. know. It's, they, they played in like
1: 21 <laughs> less games. The answer is Auburn. That's amazing.
0: Okay, that is... Are you, you
1: going to let me have that one correct, too, Connor?
0: Unfortunately, that is correct. Wow. They're 21-21. <laughs> 21, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. Andy Goins wants to know, what two quarterbacks went to the same high school and then played at the same college and both won national championships? Oh. Went to the same... I'll repeat it. I feel what like it's South
1: court. Lake Carroll in Texas, and I know McElroy went there. Uh, can I get a hint? Like God. how recent are these national championships?
0: They're within the decade.
1: They're within the decade.
2: That's your only hint. No other hint. Wow, that's cold. I had I had one more hint for you, but it, it would it would Yeah, give Jay.
0: No, Jay, Jay, don't 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 don't.
2: <laughs>
1: um. Hmm. I f- they went to the same high school and played for the same college, and they went the, they won na- so they won national championships. So they had to be from the same 10, oh, Nine No, don't start with me. Hold eight, on. This is no. Um, let me see. This is In the no. Same decade. It has to be. Bama Four, or it's not three, Clemson. I don't know. I don't know. It's not helping. You're counting down like an a hole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the correct answer is A.J. McCarron and Jake Coker, who both went to St. Paul's in Mobile. Oh, God. So God. we couldn't give you the hint that Jay wanted, which was they went to Bama because you would have gotten it.
1: Did Jacob Coker transfer into St. Paul, though? That doesn't – that shouldn't count.
0: Everybody eh, went there. there? <laughs> oh, <knows>. my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number four from Michael Toscano. He wants to know – well, yes. Eight SEC teams have lost New Year's 6-slash-BCS bowl games, not including national championships. Name those teams.
1: So does this mean...
0: You don't need the year. You don't need the year. Just name the No, no, teams. but is it like,
1: is it, is it, like, can it be... It's eight different teams, like eight different programs, or is it like... Correct.
0: Okay. Eight
2: different programs. Eight, eight different um, teams. That
1: have lost... Let's start first and foremost with Georgia, uh, who made Texas be back um bama several times utah and oklahoma uh la 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 la. arkansas lost ohio state says three oh miss Miss ccu it was like 42 to nothing um so that's four didn't georgia tech beat mississippi state in the orange bowl that's five that is is five. that's
0: these are all correct so far
1: florida lost louisville in the sugar bowl that's six Tennessee, pfft, I'm just kidding. Tennessee hasn't been to a bowl game like that. Um, let's see here. Not A&M because they're never well, – no, because no, a beat Oklahoma. Uh, BCS Games. Did they, And they had to be in the SEC at the time, right? So it's not like Mizzou 2007 or something crazy? Correct, correct. There's one okay,
0: obvious correct. one and then one that I think you're just not going to get. One obvious in one or New one that, year that I'm not going to get? BCS. Yes, yes. One obvious one, one I don't think you will get, based on the way this has gone so far.
1: Um, South Carolina hasn't been in a BCS Bowl. Kentucky hasn't. Vanderbilt hasn't. La, uh, la, la, la. So it's got to be LSU. Does it? That's good. Ca- I don't hold on. I don't know. Hold. I already got Ole Miss, Mississippi. Oh, Auburn lost to um, Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl. So that's seven.
0: And yes. Okay. Okay. And
1: so then. I thought you were
0: gonna say the UCF one, but yeah, that's fine.
1: Well, that's all. Yeah, that was also a catastrophe. That was amazing. Um, Okay, so that's seven, and then there's gotta be one more. So it's it from the West. Who do we even have left? It would be. Let me look at my schedule here. I don't think Tennessee was in one of those one of those games. So it's gotta be. It's got to be LSU.
0: That is incorrect. It what? Is when did
1: Tennessee, Tennessee go to a BCS <laughs> bowl?
0: Tennessee, Tennessee lost.
1: Fiesta oh, when they won the the SEC championship or whatever.
0: They lost the Fiesta Bowl in '99. Oh, okay, to Nebraska. That is uh, yeah. that is the one. That is unfortunately for Marler that that qualifies as a mostly correct but not quite fully you guys correct are so answer. F- effing lame with this game
1: sometimes like it's like i just named seven <laughs> out of eight and could have gotten both players in all of them And you guys like you, you know what this nope. is like turning into dan Wolken of of games when i go it. seven wow. of eight correct and you want to rain on my parade that's one of the most impressive things i've ever done so keep going next question jay one yeah. for three
0: matthew Sedro <laughs> wants to know during oh. the 2011 season how many times did alabama's historically stout defense hold another team to under 100 passing yards so, how many instances did that happen? How many instances? Like, so out of total games, I think they played yes. in
1: thirteen total games, right? Oh, I know this. Um, oh, this is a good one. Over, a, over, a, under a hundred passing yards. It was under hundred passing yards. Oh, I know. They, I know LSU didn't have over a hundred passing yards in that national title game. Um, <laughs> la la la. I I looked at this like two weeks ago. Uh. Just reminiscing. I know, Is Georgia Southern didn't? Because they had all 323 rushing yards. I don't think Auburn did. Because that was, they were awful. Like they were like real bad. Um, it, but it's like a bigger number. It's like near half. It's like it, it can't be over half. It's a five or six. I'm gonna
0: go six. Gosh, you are such a loser.
1: Because I got another are... one right. Is that wrong? Is
0: that why? Cuz you guessed and got
2: it. I, I looked this gonna, up like gonna, three weeks ago. I talked about the 2011
1: one. defense like once every podcast. Wow, there you, there go.
2: all right. we're gonna let you have that one.
1: You, know, you don't know how many exact yards they had that LSU had in the national championship <laughs> game? They had 91. I'll remember that forever. They had, And Georgia Southern had 323 rushing yards exact.
2: Jay, take it away. Are they, are they the ones who ran through us like a crap? Yeah, like, a like 10, whatever. through a ten yeah. horn. Yeah, well, you gotta bleep, bleep. it again. Got to bleep it again. Yep. <laughs> hey, I'm going to need some help checking this off, Mr. Connor. So help me out with it because I'm, I'm on a phone you when I'm it. doing this. All right, here's the one you know where we just kind of give you one where you got to name like ten things as quickly as possible. So name the top ten quarterbacks in SEC history based strictly upon passing yards.
1: We we do this like every couple of weeks.
2: Uh, no, this is the top ten so based on top
1: passing ten? yards.
2: Yeah, what we do? haven't done top this ten. exact
1: one. Aaron Murray. Drew Locke, David Green, Chris Leak, Eric Zire's up there. Uh, Peyton's up there. How many is that? Five? That's six. That's, that's six. 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 That's six. It's, it's all, it's all four-year starters for the most part, right? Um, it's all. Lorenzen's up there. Was Tim Couch up there? I don't think he was. He's only a two-year starter. So that's six. Four-year starters. Four-year starters. Seven. Uh, Werfel's up there. Seven. Yep. Um it's eight. La, la, la. I know this. We we've done this answer. We've done this answer before. I Eli Manning is <laughs> up there, he at Ole miss. And what was the other one? It's not oh Jesus Christ. I like it's somebody from Tennessee, and this is gonna be a guest, Connor, so get excited for it. I'm just gonna guess a clawson.
2: Oh my God! You got it. And, uh, Is that right? You not. I was not guys... giving you credit for any of the questions, but yeah, you got all. The time. <laughs> Good. And, and we hate you.
1: <laughs> That's fair. I hate myself. That's fine. All
2: right. Number seven. Oh my gosh. So you're already. Get, you're making me use the depressed voice now. Number seven from Tucker Medlin. In the 2010s, there have been two players ranked number one coming out of high school that have also gone number one overall in the draft. Name them. That's not true. I, I'm,
0: that's not we're, true basing this, the we're basing this. Pretty, we're yeah, we're not, basing this. The yeah, There's one,
1: and it was Jadevian and Clowney. There's not none of the other ones did.
2: There, there's two because there's two main uh, no. There's not. sources. <laughs>
1: there's there's it's definitely true. not I could like because who I'll are the like AJ, uh, James Jameis Winston wasn't wasn't the number one overall player. You know, Joe Burrow wasn't because we had to hear about that nonstop. Um, yeah, that's you know not what? true. That you know what, Marler,
0: Marler is correct, and I'm going to give him the answer on this one. We go by the consensus 24-7 sports rankings. Yeah. Miles Garrett is the one that was listed as an answer, but that is an incorrect answer because he was the number two overall, and Leonard Fournette was the number one overall recruit in that class. So, Marler, you get now, full credit for that one. Yeah. I'm, I'm tipping the cap. I'll, I'll was... give you
2: full credit, but I, I, if Tucker is listening, i got to give him some props. So he actually worded a question... And, and, like, one of them was you had to guess which one was number one according to one recruiting service, and one was to another recruiting service. And I didn't think right. that was fair. And so I combined them. And so he's probably – he assumed that uh, you would know the recruiting service. All right, number eight. Sorry, Tucker. No, I, mean, I did. I,
1: I I, let's, let's, be, let's be clear about that. I, I definitely did know the answer, um, the correct one. So
2: let's just <laughs> – next next. I'll, I'll give you credit. I'll give you credit <laughs> for it. Number eight. <laughs> Carter Logan and Tucker Medlin both had a very similar question. So, in that same time period, there's only been one player ranked number one out of high school oh, I and then went completely undrafted. Name him.
1: Trenton Thompson from from uh, Georgia. Uh, first first time that's ever happened too, like
2: ever. Mm-hmm. I went and looked him up. He is uh he the, the last I saw he was still playing Canadian football. He'll his uh, his career, godmother used to so come into
1: that. the Omni a lot when I, when I bartended there. And then I remember – I'll never forget this. When I went to the Georgia-Bama game in 2015, a buddy of mine, Philip Joyner, whose family was faculty, so he got me tickets and all that kind of stuff, ended up as soon as Eddie Jackson had that pick six to, to go up 24-3, he told me he was going to the bathroom and then left and just left me there by myself and, and, and left the entire stadium. <laughs> um, but the night before, I remember getting a text from him saying – Tomorrow's the day that the world knows the name Trent Thompson, and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, here we go." <laughs> that did not happen. Anyway, moving on.
2: I had to look him up, so the world does not know that name. Apparently, number nine from Ryan Ware. Uh, SEC teams have played rematches in bowl games twice. Who were the teams involved and who won? I,
1: I can't. I can't hear you.
2: You can't hear me at all okay now i got you okay go ahead and say it one more time okay man i'm sorry dude i don't know what happened sec teams have played rematches in bowl games twice who were the teams involved and in who won uh
1: bama lsu and um florida florida state
2: man i'm correct- going to get half credit because one of those is incorrect sir what
0: how's that wrong because it's it's SEC teams that have played in rematches. SEC
2: teams place. that have played rematches. So Florida State is not an SEC team. Oh, you it's, may not know they, they got to both be SEC ACC. teams? Oh, hold
0: on then, hold on. They, they got to
2: both be SEC no, no, teams? No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I,
1: I'm can, sorry. You're, I can hear, like, every other word you guys are saying. So I don't, like, sure. All right, All right whatever. You give me half credit. Moving on.
2: Go ahead. That's no, a bigger win for SEC. you guys I'll
1: than it is So we'll just, that's I'll give you one more chance. I'll give you one more chance. Go ahead. Um... SEC teams and bowl games. Uh, I Like, w- way back in the day, Ole Miss and LSU played in the Sugar Bowl in, like, 1959.
2: This is why I don't give you a second chance. Do I get credit for that? So you, you a-holes? That's no, what I 1960, thought. Moving on. You it was 1960, the was it 1960 you or 1962? 1960, and you said 59, so you missed the question. I'll give myself right. a round of applause for that. Hey, uh, just incidentally, both games were in New Orleans. Both times, LSU won the first game and lost the second game. And both times, the second game score was 21 to nothing. Just kind of a weird thing.
0: Okay, number 10, Marler. Do you want to know the answer for who holds the SEC record for most solo tackles in their career? Yes. Okay. Wesley Woodyard had 227 (laughs) tackles at Kentucky there from 05 to 07. You were going to say that, right? That's it? I don't. I don't. Solo think that's, tackles. That's right. Solo oh, tackles. Exactly. It is right. I looked. I made sure. I looked that one. Was that? Up. Is that? Hold, hold on. Tackles. Is that
1: only? Is that of all time, or is that like like all from time. like? I don't think that's accurate at all. <laughs> I'm. I'm like. There's two. You're talking 227 total tackles
0: in a. Solo tackles. Solo tackles. I heard tackles. what you
1: said. I'm just saying. I. I doubt that's correct. If we got it on Sports <laughs> Reference or whatever that site is. I looked do. it up on that's Sports Reference. From, I looked o- it up okay, on Sports Reference. Okay. That's only from 2005. I. I understand. It's, that, those stats are only from two thousand five on, so let's just change the name of the the, the question.
0: All right, fair enough. Fair. Uh, those stats are from before two thousand five. I mean, they have like Tim. They're Couch not. Oh, they ha- okay. I mean, they have Tim Couch and those guys in there as well. Hey, but mommy,
2: mommy, and daddy are fighting. This is making me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, we'll give Marler eight out of ten. Um, we'll call it. We'll call it a day. Very solid round. Whatever, impressive. You were pretty good, I guess. Oh,
1: hold on, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna type this in real quick. Yeah, thank you guys. This was this was lovely, and we'll talk about the Wesley Woodyard thing uh, off air because I have breaking news in the development of that that whole thing.
0: <laughs> sure, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Uh, on SportsReference.com, it says solo tackles since 2005.
0: So there you go. I know, but you were saying I thought you were saying all 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 stats in sports reference were just from 2005 back. No. Okay. This was good, though. 8 out of 10.
1: Sorry, guys. Sorry I let you down.
0: All right. <laughs> On that
2: fine note, Jay, can you give us a send-off? Yeah, when it comes to Marla losing, it might need too much. There you go. <laughs> Bye to you guys soon.